and welcome to the Vaccine Challenge. Our mission is to speed up the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine by bringing to light all of the supply chain and distribution challenges involved with this mega task and by connecting the various stakeholders that can benefit from working together. I'm Priyanka and today we're in conversation with Sid Chakravarti. Sid is the founder and CEO of Statwig, a company that uses emerging technologies such as blockchain, IoT, and AI to create continuous visibility and complete traceability of every single vial of vaccine along its journey from the manufacturer to the beneficiary. Sid's also spent a number of years in the Bay Area working on other emerging tech before returning to India in order to set up Statwig. Hi, Sid. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Hey, thank you, Priyanka. Thank you for uh, having me on on your podcast. Um, Wonderful. Could you maybe briefly introduce yourself as well as Statwig uh, and what is it that you guys are doing um, to aid vaccine distribution? Sure. Uh, so my name is Sid, Sid Chakravarti. I'm the CEO, founder and CEO of Statwig, uh, which was started in 2016. Uh, before this startup, I was working in uh, in uh, Bay Area, Silicon Valley, mostly uh, in uh, in the emerging technology space. So when I moved back to India, I started getting involved with uh, uh, rural supply chains, uh, pr- predominantly in the the coastal Andhra regions in India. So, so that's where uh, I got inspired about uh, this solution and we started a company called Statwick. So what Statwick does is basically, uh, it, was, it was started to solve some of the big challenges in the vaccine supply chains. There's predominantly three, three sorts of failures in the, in the, uh, vaccine, in the supply chains. So one is uh, the cold chain failures, which is the, the popular one. Uh, so these are the temperature excursions uh, uh, during storage and transportation of vaccines that leads to a lot of failures. Um, but then there's other issues such as uh, expired products in the supply chain, counterfeit uh, products. So these are more emerging uh, issues, which are also uh, has been creating a lot of challenges for the various stakeholders in the vaccine uh, vaccine world. So. So we started our company to solve specifically this, uh, these uh, challenges and uh, we designed our solution around that. And you said it's been around for about four years now. Yes, yeah, it's been four years. Uh, we started our first uh, proof of concept back in uh, early 2017 uh, and we received a great traction after that. We, I mean, our solution has been recognized by UNICEF, who is the largest uh, distributor of vaccines. Uh, they nearly distribute um, I mean, they distribute nearly uh, somewhere around two to two to three billion doses of vaccine each year uh, in nearly 120 countries. Uh, following that, that kind of like skyrocketed our growth. Uh, we received similar support from Gavi, which is another big stakeholder in the vaccines world, um, and uh, we have also been uh, recognized by World Economic Forum. Uh, we are one of the uh, global innovators uh, that's been selected to the um, by the forum and. Uh, um, received similar recognition um, by many other organizations. That's amazing. Um, that's so cool. So, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, vaccine administration is normally a government effort, right? Or associations like the UNICEF. Um, what role do tech startups such as yours have uh, in aiding perhaps now with the COVID-19 vaccine, what I can imagine might be the largest vaccine drive uh, in history. Yeah, sure. So so to to understand that, it's 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 important to understand the vaccine supply 
supply chain a little bit as well. So India is the largest manufacturer of vaccines. Nearly 60% of the global volume is manufactured out of India. And one third of those vaccines are for domestic market, uh, which are for distribution within India. And the Indian government is the is the client there. Uh, but two thirds of the vaccines go to international markets. Uh, so these uh, uh, these are predominantly served by uh, likes like UNICEF and Gavi. Uh, so where they take the vaccines and distribute them in different countries, or it could be uh, the government in that particular country itself who procures mm -hmm. these vaccines and distributes them. So it's a very complex supply chain involves not just government, but um, uh, several other stakeholders in the vaccine space. Um, including the manufacturers, uh, the logistics players, distributors. Uh, we're not even talking about the commercial vaccine space, uh, which is which where the vaccines end up in private hospitals. So, so it's a very complex and fragmented supply chain. And, um, and there, is a, there is a need for technology, obviously, to reduce some of that complexity and sense of the, uh, the complex movement of vaccines, because uh, by doing so, we uh, have more visibility, uh, more continuous visibility of uh, where the products are, what condition they are in, uh, how are they being handled. And so uh, that in turn prevents some of the failures that we talked about before. So that's where, uh, I mean, uh, most of the stakeholders were very keen in bringing in new technologies. Uh, so this is a, if you if you um, so when since the time that we started um, this was back in 2016 uh, there was uh, um, there has been early adopters of uh, more emerging technologies like IoT and blockchain uh, even back then now uh, that uh, that adoption has become quite mature and uh, there's there's uh, uh, there's been a quite a lot of uh, um, uh, how do you say it? Progress, uh, progression in terms of uh, uh, adopting these technologies and using them to solve, uh, actively solve some of these uh, uh, challenges that different stakeholders have. So uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, how you use IoT blockchain specifically yeah. in uh, vaccine administration or distribution. Sure, sure. So when we started, uh, right, uh, one of the things that we found out is supply chain already had a lot of solutions, right? So there's ERP solutions, there's warehouse manage management solutions, there's fleet management solutions. Um, so, but the big problem there was uh, these solutions have, were uh, basically owned and controlled by individual stakeholders in the supply chain. So you're, it's it's uh, probably owned by a logistics company which uh, monitors their supply chain or uh, the vaccine ma manufacturer who is managing their plant and uh, their uh, facilities. So. So what this, uh, these different disparate systems created is the data silos. So there's been a bunch of data silos which don't talk to each other or which is very expensive to make them talk to each other. Um, so, so that created uh, a huge gap basically in creating visibility across the supply chain. So there, is, there was no way uh, to easily uh, track and trace a product across the supply chain from the manufacturer all the way to the uh, the beneficiary so you have to uh, put together different bits uh, bits and pieces of information from different systems so that's it very tedious and uh, in most cases a very difficult or impossible task so so that's where we came in then we 
what we wanted to do is take a more product centric approach. So we thought, hey, instead of tracking a truck or a warehouse, why can't we just track the product itself, right? Mm. So I have a product centric view. Now, if you are capturing everything that's going ha going to happen with the product while it's in storage or transportation, now you can record the complete journey of the products from start to finish. So in order to do that, first of all, you needed a, to identify a product uniquely, right? So, so if you are not identifying a product, then you can't uh, uniquely uh, record its journey. So what we did is uh, started creating digital IDs for individual products. So each vial of vaccine, for example, in this case, uh, gets a unique product ID from our side. Uh, so which identifies that product among all other vaccines. And so that now as that product moves across the supply chain, so our blockchain network records all the transactions that are happening for that particular product ID. Uh, so, so as it, for example, the manufacturer ships it, it goes to the nearest airport, the airport confirms that it has received it, goes through customs, customs clears it. So all these are basically transactions and those are linked back to the, uh, the digital ID uh, in our case. So what helped in our journey has been the serialization uh, that's been happening around the same time in the pharma world. So pharmaceutical industry was, uh, was uh, being driven by regulations uh, worldwide to move beyond batch numbers into serial numbers. So, so we took that as an advantage and designed our solution around that, taking leveraging the serial numbers that are being printed and uh, created multiple layers on top of it to make it very simple to capture data uh, without any fancy hardware, expensive, uh, infrastructure, so a simple mobile-based, web-based application can capture the journey at multi multiple touch points in the in the in the supply chain. Now, going back to your question on IoT piece, uh, what we also did is so we already noticed that IoT um, has been becoming more pro prominent, um, especially due to the need of real-time uh, data mm -hmm. uh, that could. Uh, provide much more richer insights into the supply chain. So we basically uh, made it very simple to link IoT data to an individual uh, vial of vaccine, for example. Right. So any temperature uh, that uh, that is monitored by the sensor, whether it's in a warehouse or in, in the package itself. So we take that uh, seamlessly integrate that with the serial numbers. So now what that basically it does is our platform acts like a like a record book you type in a serial number on our platform so we show all the transactions that happened with the with the product uh, where it has been how it changed um, we also tell hey what temperature has it been across the germany when it was in the manufacturer's warehouse when it was at the airport when it was when it landed on the other side so any data that is available uh, so there's a big asterisk there <laughs> so any data which is available we capture that and show that uh, link that to the serial number. Interesting. So it, it obviously sounds like the most benefit would come if you are, you know, if you're part of the process right from the beginning, right? When it leaves uh, the floor of the manufacturer. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious, is your end customer normally? We're already working with some of the leading manufacturers. Uh, um, so the value value proposition there is very simple, right? So um, manufacturers are already uh, they have started serialization. So mm -hmm. they're printing serial numbers, and they're aggreg aggregating the serial numbers. 
Now, it would be wonderful if they understand where these products are uh, going. And uh, so, so from two perspectives, one uh, from a safety perspective, so they would know, hey, uh, is my product, um, where is my product going? Is it going where it's destined to be? Is it getting redirected to somewhere else? Is it being stored in proper conditions where it, the qual quality of the product is ensured or is it basically being mishandled? Or is it getting expired somewhere or um, should I recall it because uh, the, I found uh, an issue with it and, and I need to know this particular serial numbers uh, in the supply chain. I need to know where they are so that I can recall quickly. So all these uh, basically uh, problem statements can be resolved if they have visibility in terms of where their products are ending up in the extended supply chain, not their particular supply chain, their particular supply chain ends very quickly, right? Yeah. So you the, the, the product leaves the manufacturing plant you probably get a uh, their fleet forwarder probably gives them a tracking ID, which gives uh, some level of information. But beyond that, uh, the 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 information disappears, right? So there's no yeah. visibility. Now, if you can uh, give uh, information to back to them on exact uh, uh, like region or city or loca uh, locality that the, the products are going, so that that's immense. Uh, uh, data insights uh, for for the manufacturers, so that so, basically and helps them ensure both quality and safety of the product. So so that solves a couple of uh, use cases there, but it also makes them regulatory compliance. So I mean, as I was discussing, a lot of governments are now imposing uh, mandatory track and trace. So so this is a basically a easy tick mark against that compliance uh, requirement. So yeah. so so there's a there's a very good value proposition for the technology um, uh, for the manufacturers, and that they I mean they've been. I mean, we've been getting that feedback, not just uh, from, I mean, this is not the value, value proposition that we are imagining, but that's the value proposition that's been shared by the manufacturers right. themselves. It's right. It's an added benefit. So I guess going back to my original question, would your, would your customers yeah. normally then be the governments as a result of which uh, you are then sent to the manufacturers to uh, basically Absolutely. start yeah. the journey there? Yeah. The reason we, I mean, we have made more progress than any other uh, startup uh, has been because uh, uh, I mean, so we we have the access to the distribution network, which is very, uh, which is a big entry barrier, right? right, right. So even if you onboard a manufacturer, uh, if you if you don't have access to uh, track a distribution network, um, then your uh, solution basically fails. Uh, so 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 the way uh, so the, so the governments are a big, a big enabler uh, for for the solution. So so they're. So I would I would call them enablers rather than uh, a target customer, but um, so that uh, basically helps us provide valuable insights to uh, the manufacturers and it could be donors in case of vaccines. There's a lot of organizations donating money and uh, they want to know that uh, their vaccines, uh, the money they spend, are going into the right direction. So so there's there's a bunch of different stakeholders who are interested in figuring out uh, what's been what's happening with the vaccines. Right, right. That makes sense. And uh, I mean, IoT or the Internet of Things, as I understand, is obviously a network of sensors that can pass on information, right? So does it mean that, is there is there any like hardware play involved? Does this actually mean that Statquake is the one responsible to put in those sensors into 
or the vials or, or or like the boxes of vaccines that actually move yeah not necessarily so we we provide a complete integrated solution where we basically take care of the sensors as well uh, uh, provide uh, 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 clients uh, an option to uh, choose from a list of supported sensors uh, but we can also integrate with the existing sensors that, that a manufacturer uses to pull the data so i mean if you look at iot i mean it's just an enabler right so it's basically feeding you data um, so it's it's uh, that's the value add from the iot uh, uh, right now uh, at least because you can't i mean there's no um, there's no <laughs> i mean new technologies which can uh, take a feedback from from the software and take some actions right so that's that's little far far away right now but so so we we work with both so we can provide our own sensors uh, which are uh, our partner sensors and also uh, work with the sensors that manufacturers have got it got it that makes sense um you were talking earlier about one of the big problems being the cold chain um uh, Potentially breaking, right? Um, a lot yeah. of vaccines lose their potency if that happens. Uh, certainly, the COVID nineteen vaccine. Um, what's the yeah. role then that technology plays to ensure uh, that the cold chain actually remains unbroken? Okay, so cold chain has been a nightmare for a very long time, right? So uh, because it's uh, it's not it's not always continuous. It's very difficult to maintain. Uh, so so. So over a period of time, I mean, the vaccines have been developed to resist some of the failures in the vac uh, in the cold chain supply chain. So uh, the way they were designed is to like, even if they are exposed to high temperatures for a short duration of time, it doesn't really spoil the vaccines. Uh, so. So they, I mean, the manufacturers have built that capability into the vaccines, but but there is a big bit, but there's still a lot of failures uh, in the in in the vaccines uh, supply chains due to the cold chain failures. Um, most of them are predominantly in the last mile uh, uh, locations. So, having visibility of uh, where the, uh, how these uh, how the temperature variations are happening not only helps uh, these dif different stakeholders to prevent failures uh, at, at present, but they can also use that data to predict uh, failures in the future mm -hmm. so that they can build better infrastructure, put in more reinforcements uh, to take better care of the products. A good example is, hey, if you, um, a, a, let's say airport is a blind spot right what's happening on a tarmac is a blind spot before right. now you due to the recent new data you notice that hey it's been failing at the airport uh, every time so now you can probably talk to airport uh, put in some reinforcements maybe they will put some dry ice or cold packs into the into the refrigerator or or maybe move to the move from uh, the cargo terminal to the airport much more quickly, right? right? So that you'd prevent some of these failures. So, so the data basically can solve a lot of these issues um, and reduce uh, reduce these failures tremendously. Now, so that is, I think, like one of the uh, uh, basically the uh, cost efficient, highly uh, successful solutions, uh, rather than uh, uh, operating in the blind uh, without having uh, the right data at hand. Got it. So I mean, so I guess when the cold chain is broken, the data can get can tell you that it's broken. But where it's helpful is that it can predict if that should happen, so that you can preemptively make sure in the future at least that that doesn't happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, I mean, if it's failure, so today, I mean, 
like so if you look at the traditional technologies uh, like vvm uh, so vvm is this uh, a small sticker on a vial of vaccine which turns uh, changes color uh, which indicates uh, that the vaccine has gone through failure but when will you notice that it's all the way <laughs> after right, right. a client has received it yeah so but if you can prevent that uh, through real time data right at the uh, source or closer to the source now you're also avoiding all this shipping costs right uh, so you're not shipping from one country to another country yeah. and going through all this trouble to deliver it to the last mile and so this is so the data can make immense difference uh, in a lot of use cases. Yeah. So uh, talk to me about this then. Uh, one of the things that has been very intriguing, specifically with COVID-19 vaccine, I'm not sure if that's the case with other vaccines, it requires uh, at least two doses, right? Um, so yeah. what's, the, what's the lay of the land to track these deployments? Uh, I can imagine that's problematic right i mean it's it's difficult enough to get um you know one dose administered uh to everyone uh talk about two doses in you know within a particular time frame that probably creates yeah. a lot of problems right so what kind of digital infrastructure can we perhaps use for tracking these um vaccinations yeah so interestingly, we have been uh, looking at this problem even before COVID-19 uh, because uh, the multi-dosage is uh, is not an uncommon issue. So it's, it's uh, I mean, if you take polio vaccines or any other vaccines, so you need multiple doses, right? So, okay. and uh, uh, so, so that's, it's a known issue. And one of, uh, there, there has been some of some solutions uh, previously, uh, and we actually ourselves has de developed a solution uh, which is a mobile-based uh, wallet, uh, which, so what it does is interesting, right? So so right now we are uniquely identifying each vaccine, right? So, and we are tracking it all the way from the man manufacturer to the immunization camp where it's going to get uh, um, given to a, a child, usually a children, but now with COVID-19, it could be. Uh, anyone right so a beneficiary so so now we have a unique idea of a of a wall uh, of a vaccine now if you link that vaccine to the unique idea of a person now you're basically creating link, closing that loop so right. you have a vaccine starting from at, at a manufacturer going all the way to a person and uh, uh, now ending up with a uh, in the wallet of a person now so now if you, because of that, you know when is that uh, person due for next dose of vaccine uh, because you're tracking the complete journey. So, and you know which vaccine he has taken, he or she has taken. And uh, so you can uh, basically send reminders through the same application. And this, this works, I mean, the good part of it is it works completely through mobile-based application, no fancy tech, uh, no expensive. Uh, infrastructure, so a mobile-based app uh, which can basically store uh, a person's uh, uh, vaccination card, so to speak. So that's what we designed, okay. uh, and it it were so in order to basically now now if you build an app just for storing a vaccine card, no one would use it, right? right. So so what we then did is basically build a, a child development and uh, like growth and development monitoring app. So it basically tells uh, parents, hey, like what can you expect at each stage um, uh, along with the vaccination uh, timelines. So 
so we send a reminder saying that hey this your child is due for next dose of vaccine so so that uh, they get reminders and uh, they can go and uh, get the vaccination and also record the which vaccine they have received and when when are they due for the next dose of vaccine so a simple technologies like that can basically uh, enable us to know so it's called in the vaccine world it's called vaccine coverage so mm-hmm. it's basically how many people have received it in a in a population and how many are pending uh, how many are due for next dose uh, so so this incom- incomplete vaccination uh, for a lot of people so so that gives uh, that like a simple application like that can solve a lot of uh, these issues and and that's what that's where the indian government is also uh, i mean going with the covid app obviously now that you can schedule a uh, schedule your appointment a vaccination appointment through the yeah. app the, uh, so it's recorded when you came and what vaccine you took so that you get notifications that hey you're due for the next dose right so uh, so, so that got it. that's so, also some of the issue uh, first of all how how do i know that i am eligible for the first vaccine when would that be the case and and i did go in for my first shot um is there something that i need to download um in order to get that on my phone i know you said it's 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 on my mobile yeah it depends on which country you are in in india so so government is launching an app called covin mm-hmm. uh, which would uh, help you register and it will uh, and also schedule your vaccine appointment so you you get to do both uh, through a single app and then and it will uh, uh, remind you again of when the next vaccine is due so so it's all done through one single application what happens if i don't um so say i'm an indian citizen living in india and if i don't download covid and if i don't register what happens then yeah that's a very interesting case so 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 the way uh, i mean so india is very very good with vaccine uh, vaccination drives because uh, uh, of uh, historically uh, the diseases that we had to deal with um, and some of the large scale uh, immunization uh, programs that government has run uh, which includes polio eradication and other campaigns so they're pretty good at basically uh, doing an immunization so it's called immunization programs mm-hmm. so launching immunization programs so these are camps uh, so these are uh, asha workers angadwari people going door to door telling people that hey i mean your child or you or i mean usually it's a child i right. keep going back to children but right, uh, telling them that hey they're due for the vaccine and giving them administering them vaccines so india has that infrastructure uh, now it will be interesting to see now that has been only limited to a small set of population right children now it would be interesting to see how that would scale up to such a large 1.3 billion people population right so so right. but they at least have a framework uh, in place uh, because they have been always very good at uh, uh, doing so now if you take the more i think like where there might be lot more issues is more in the on the on the uh, developing developed countries so i think that's where you will see a lot lot more issues with the supply chain challenges interestingly rather than the developing countries uh, so uh, so because uh, because developing in the developing and underdeveloped countries vaccine vaccination programs have been ongoing quite right. regularly and the government and uh, uh, the supply chains are used to it right the irony um can you um can you talk me through the numbers uh, how many um 
vials or how many vaccines have moved through uh, the Statway platform? Yeah, so we're looking at, I mean, this year we're looking at somewhere between uh, one to one to uh, two billion doses. Uh, so it's a big range. Uh, one to two billion is a, is a pretty big range because of the uncertainty on in, in terms of COVID-19, obviously. So but uh, that is what we are expecting to track uh, using our solution uh, this year. And um, and we have basically deployed this successfully for non-COVID-19 vaccines. And uh, and uh, I think uh, we we can at least prevent 25 25 to 30 30 percent failures in the in the supply chain uh, with with even the early adoption of our technology. Wow, and and that number is based off of the kind of supply chain failures uh, you've seen with other vaccines. Yes, that's right. Got it. And has I mean, out of curiosity, has that number how has that number improved or changed? the new technology is kind of coming in over the past few Problem. years so i mean if you look at world health organization reports there, i mean there has been always a rough estimate of how much failure is in the supply chain uh, but identifying exactly where those failures are happening is uh, has always been a big challenge um, i think uh, we'll have more accurate uh, improvement reports uh, that uh, the uh, world who will submit over the next few years because they will have more access to data Right, got it. Um, now, aside from um, all of the different challenges, what other challenges do you see um, might be possible in vaccine deployment once it takes full swing? I think like the biggest challenge is the scale itself. Uh, so we have never distributed ever a product, any product, right, at that scale before. Mm-hmm. So uh, forget about vaccines or any other product. I mean, we have like never ever distributed anything uh, to 7 billion people worldwide. Uh, in such a short time frame. So that obviously has a lot of uh, challenges in itself. But what I'm more worried about is uh, a lot of uh, black marketing and other issues that would come up because of the scarcity uh, Mm. of these vaccines. So so there's there's issues around counterfeits and uh, um, the real vaccines getting sold in the black market. So, So all of these issues can become quite big quite scary actually so in the in the next few months right which is which is i guess the role of technology is even more important right to be able to track absolutely absolutely there's no other way right so i mean you can't like um, have physical security measures everywhere uh, to safeguard vaccines so you need to you need to leverage uh, uh, data and simplify it. Absolutely. Uh, now, you've obviously been involved with supply chain technology even before the pandemic uh, and, you know, specifically with vaccines itself. Uh, I'm just curious, as a result of the pandemic, um, what do you think would be lessons uh, from the vaccine distribution endeavor that might trickle into like regular supply chain practices and this doesn't only have to have to do with you know in relation to the vaccine but just as a result of the pandemic do you see anything changing permanently in the world of supply chain yeah absolutely i mean um, at least the, i mean this this i think there's going to be huge changes uh, investments into the supply chain uh, world are going to increase uh, obviously it's already increasing uh, whether it's cold chain infrastructure or or cold chain um, uh, related in uh, basically transportation and logistics. So, so the investments are uh, going to increase, uh, which will be predominantly funded by, also funded by the governments. So, which is a good thing. So, supply chain overall becomes, uh, uh, I mean, a key 
key priority for both governments and uh, uh, the private organization. So that brings in a lot of improvement into the current existing uh, um, uh, like environment. So, so obviously there will be huge improvement in terms of the tools that are being used and the tools that will be brought in. Uh, because I, what I feel is, I mean, the supply chain tools are uh, very traditional. Uh, so the proprietary closed boxes, uh, and they need to do more. I mean, they need to open up and they need to share data um, because supply chain is basically about uh, more collaboration, right? Between different stakeholders. And if you have these data silos, I think that, that basically doesn't work and doesn't improve the performance of the supply chain. So, so I think that you're looking, going to make, uh, see new tools which, may, which will make the supply chains more resilient, uh, more sustainable. Uh, so those are, uh, I think it's like some of the things that I would see. And I think like beyond that, I mean, the, just the scale itself of uh, this vaccine distribution and going back to the scale again, right? So that I think like is, uh, is, has never been done before and is going to like you bring a lot of innovations and a lot of changes in the in the traditional supply chains i think uh, so that we will will have will see those ripple effects i think in the next few years as well so yeah it's exciting exciting time to be in the supply chain supply chain space good stuff so let's end this on a little bit of a hopeful note but by when do you think um and with the vaccination effort, uh, maybe perhaps uh, first on an Indian level, but then even globally. Yeah, I think so. One of the big unknowns is how long will a vaccine be uh, good for, right? So if you get a vaccine, how long will it protect you against uh, uh, against uh, getting uh, re reinfected again, right? So, so I think that is still not clear there's not enough data right now a lot of uh, reports says 90 days now if it's only giving you immunity for <laughs> 90 days then so then uh, then this vaccination drive is going to go on for a long time uh, but i think like uh, i think like after the first uh, uh, if we are successfully deploy, deploying at least the first uh, two doses of vaccine uh, that itself, I think, um, would take at least a year uh, to cover the entire population. And this is, I think, going to be a very aggressive, very, very aggressive. Right, definitely. Well, um, that has been fun. What have you, have you been vaccinated? <laughs> I took part in a clinical trials. Uh, so, oh, you did? so oh, yeah, hopefully it's not a placebo, uh, but I don't know. Well, there so you go. I might have received a placebo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been incredible. Uh, there's quite a bit that I uh, definitely learned about the vaccine distribution effort that I didn't know. Um, and I think it would be really interesting perhaps to do a part two, um, you know, a couple months down the line once we are, you know, once we have like, uh, you know, a little bit more of a tangible uh, understanding of how it's all played out, any new challenges that come up uh, and how it's progressed. Absolutely. Yeah. would love to do that. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Sid. Really appreciate it. That is it for today from us at the Vaccine Challenge. We continue to work towards our mission of bringing to light all of the supply chain and distribution challenges that can help speed up the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccines world over. 
If you're doing anything worthwhile in this space, have any suggestions of who we should talk to or any other ways that we can improve the podcast, please write to us at contact us at vaccinechallenge.com. Until then, stay safe, stay responsible. This is us signing off from the Vaccine Challenge.